Karina Jordan is the Chief Executive of Fish and Game. We've got a wee bit of housekeeping to do. There was a suggestion on the show last week, Karina, that you guys at Fish and Game were on the take from the Ministry for the Environment for this pilot programme for participation in resource management and freshwater reform processes, whatever that means. But you're not having a bar of it. You're not taking the, what, 600000 that was on offer. That's right, yep. Unfortunately, um, throwing our name around in vain. So our fishing game is 100% funded by licence holders. We receive no government support for any of our functions. Um, we do participate in environmental advocacy and, and we run cases, um, and it's all funded by licence holders. So we're not engaging in any funding applications coming into the elections. Um, we need to see how that's all going to play out um, and and then look to, look to the future off the back of that. Well, I'm pleased to hear that, Karina. Look, I really want to talk to you about a, a press release you guys put out uh, yesterday around wetlands. I'm very passionate about wetlands. I've got one myself. It's in the QE2 National Trust. And, you, and you're quite rightly saying, as the country's leading advocate for wetlands, that the current national environmental standards for freshwater regulations make the enhancement and restoration of wetlands more difficult while failing to protect the existing ones. Surely this is a no-brainer. That's right. We're really concerned. I mean, we know how important wetlands are for our environment. They're a key tool within farmers' toolbox for managing um, on-farm discharges like nitrogen and sediment and phosphorus. They're really important for climate change adaptation and mitigation, and they're a cornerstone for our biodiversity responses. So it's concerning to see that our primary um, piece of legislation for supporting uh, wetland management or sustainable wetland management is having perverse outcomes on the ground, where it's making it easier to drain wetlands, for example, and harder to restore and enhance them. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. You've uh, heard people say that it's easier to get a, to get a consent for intensive winter grazing, and that isn't easy, easy easy either than it is to build a wetland. We are so wrong. We should be encouraging wetlands. They're nature's filter. Exactly. We've had um, some of our farmers have said that they've been estimated $25,000, for example, for actually they've got an existing wetland and they just wanted to make that bigger. Um, so actually enhance the wetland environment. Um, and this obviously cost is, is pro- simply prohibitive. Um, so we're really inhibiting potential conservation gains on private land. So is this the fault of the local regional council or government legislation? I, I suspect it's the latter. As, as regional councils are being challenged to implement the National Environmental Standard for fresh water. So they, they essentially have a framework that they need to put through in their regional plans. And so this is making it more difficult for them to make wetland enhancement and restoration a more permissive activity. So they're sort of, the regional council is a rock hard place when it comes to implementing these um, national environmental standards for freshwater in relation to wetlands. What we're seeing is that while overall uh, things are getting tougher out there, like consents have been required and the standards around them are, are really strict, it does vary from region to region. So there's also this inconsistency problem that's coming through. What we know, for example, with Southland Regional Council, wetlands are the biggest tool that they're turning their mind to to ensure that they've got a sustainable, productive agricultural sector while meeting their environmental outcomes. And essentially what we've done is just made it harder and far more expensive to put these unique habitats back into our environment. 
totally agree with you. Just while I've got you, and this question isn't on the script, feel free to, free to dodge it if you don't know the answer, but I've been talking to Finn Ross, who's a PhD student on climate change and carbon tax and all that sort of stuff, and he was singing the praises also of wetlands and also blue carbon, that's sequestering carbon from the sea. But when it comes to wetlands, are they a carbon sink or are they a source of methane emission? I think overall my understanding is that they're a carbon sink, in particular different wetland types. So um, an example that comes to mind is the peat wetlands up in Waikato. So re-watering them significantly reduces the emissions from the environment as well as addressing uh, you know, um, degradation of land. That, that's, land not, that's not land that's getting poorer, that's land that's sort of subsiding or sinking down um, and also the losses of sediment and, and things like that. Um, so in, in many instances, wetlands are a key tool in relation to climate change. Karina Jordan, Chief Executive of Fish and Game, thanks for some of your time. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much.